Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, August 19th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, with the Postmaster General set to appear before Congress, a local postal leader responds to federal decisions that have slowed mail processing in the capital city. Plus, the Flag Commission moves one step closer to selecting a new design for the November boat. Then, after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, a Mississippi lawmaker supports a citizen's group's effort to bring the 1894 flag to the ballot. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. U.S. postal workers in Mississippi are expressing concern as changes made to mail processing has caused a significant delay. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy, a former CEO of a logistics company, has drawn wide criticism in recent weeks over executive decisions to cut costs within the Postal Service. These changes include removing mail processing machines, reducing the workforce, and eliminating overtime. Sonny Thigpen is president of the Jackson Area Local of American Postal Workers Union. The retired expediter tells our Desiree Frazier sorting machines are being removed in local mail rooms, causing deliveries to slow down. I have to be notified normally uh, by the post office if they are planning on, you know, doing a reduction. And so they have already started to take out machines within the, uh, the and we are, Jackson is the largest uh, postal facility in Mississippi. And so they have already started to uh, reduce the, the workforce and take out some of the machines that have been used to uh, process the mail. And this would be at the General Mail Facility? General Mail Facility in downtown Jackson. Do you know about how many machines? Is it enough to really make a difference in the flow of processing mail? I think so. I I, I know it's a couple of machines, and, and, and I know just recently I was contacted about them redoing jobs to be to do have more manual jobs and you know that's kind of strange to take the processing away from the automated and then we go back to uh hand working mail that should should be processed on the machine so i know they're just making a decision to manually process mail which is a slower process than uh, automated did they say why I have not give, been given a reason why, uh, and I think it's because of the fact that they are uh, taking, you know, reducing the machines. I know they're adding some extensions to them, but they're still reducing the number of machines, which means that less people will be doing the, the uh, processing of that mail. So I'm not uh, clear 
on exactly why they would be uh, taking out automated equipment and going back to a manual uh, processing. We've also been hearing uh, jobs have been eliminated, mailboxes have been removed. Uh, Are we seeing that in Mississippi? I have not heard of any being moved in Mississippi, and it's it's possible that it will uh, take place. You know, with the COVID, a lot of things in the post office had to change. And so, um, uh, you know, financially, you know, is because we never got any of the stimulus. And they had to implement things to protect the employees that had to come out of funds that was already part of the postal system. And so, you know, maybe the reduction taken out, I hope they are not taking out any uh, of the mailboxes, but I have heard in other areas it's already taken place. So I hadn't heard of any in, in Mississippi yet. And cutting overtime? They are cutting overtime, which means, you know, I came in a system where it meant every piece every day. And that meant if overtime was needed to get that done, then that's what you know that's what was done. But now they they are cutting overtime, and mail is being left in the facilities. I'm waiting on a package myself that's been at the post office since last month, and so it makes no sense. We just uh, saw a, a letter from Louis DeJoy, the um, Postmaster General for the Postal Service, announcing that he is suspending the initiatives that they started, these things that I've been asking you about, uh, to avoid the appearance of impacting or affecting uh, election mail. Your thoughts on what has been happening and this new announcement? Uh, you know, the Postal Service, are our responsibility is to process. And so we process all mail. And so to say that there will there's some kind of fraudulent tactics, if that you know, that would be with the to me would be with the election committee or people responsible for that mail once it has been processed. So, you know, to shut down the processing of it, saying that it's something fraudulent really is unfair to the millions, hundreds, and thousands of postal workers who take their job very seriously in processing the mail because we were taught every piece every day. And so, you know, there would be no fraud, I don't think, on the part of the Postal Service. You know, fraud have to come from, you know, somewhere else besides within the postal system. Well, the allegations are that the initiatives that Louis DeJoy has put in place are being done to hinder processing of mail up and into the election can- the election uh, period in November. And I agree with that. I think a lot of the reason why the machines are being shut down, a lot of reason why the overtime is being cut every piece every day is now uh, not that important. And the fact that, you know, there's no overtime to, to process the mail. And then you're going back to a manual process, which is a slower form of processing. So all of those things are a factor and will slow down the process. Speaking about rural areas, there have been, we've been hearing about delays in checks, delays in medicine for veterans. Are you hearing about that in Mississippi as yes. well? Yes, yes, it's horrible. You know, veterans are waiting. Most of their mail, uh, most of their medicine comes through the mail. And so it's important that that mail make it to those rural areas because they have no other, you know, resources 
uh, for getting that medicine, their checks and the things that, you know, keep them flowing. People don't realize uh, postal workers are essential workers, and that's why, you know, the post office never shut down during this whole crisis because there are people that need the service that the post office provides. Sonny Thigpen, a retired postal worker who is president of the Jackson Area Local, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Postmaster DeJoy's management of the Postal Service has elevated skepticism within the halls of Congress. Congressional Democrats have implied the changes made by DeJoy are designed to impede mail-in voting efforts in some states. Yesterday, DeJoy announced he will delay further changes to the USPS until after the November election. Attorney Joshua Tom is with the American Civil Liberties Union of Mississippi. His organization, along with the Mississippi Center for Justice, are suing the state, asking a judge to rule that people who are concerned about in-person voting due to the coronavirus can mail in their ballots, which requires prompt mail delivery. He says ensuring timely mail delivery is part of protecting every eligible citizen's right to vote. We hope that, um, you know, the Congress... And, uh, you know, both parties and the president will ensure that everyone is able uh, across the country to exercise their right to vote, including by ensuring that uh, mail is delivered uh, in a timely fashion. Uh, you know, that's a, the total service is a um, public service that's been around for um, many, many years, and there's no reason that uh, this year, uh, should be any different in the postal service being able to deliver mail on time. There are suggestions that this is being done to reduce people's access to absentee voting. How would you characterize what we're hearing? You know, the postal service should not be uh, a partisan issue. Uh, voting should not be a partisan issue. Uh, voting is a constitutional right that all Americans have. And, you know, it should be the um, duty and obligation of all public officials, whether at the state, uh, local, or federal level, to ensure that everyone uh, in Mississippi and across the country can exercise their right to vote safely, uh, particularly during um, the COVID-19 pandemic. Joshua Tom with the ACLU, thank you so much for speaking with us about this issue. It's been great speaking with you. Postmaster DeJoy will testify in a Senate hearing Friday and appear before the House Oversight Committee next week. Coming up, the Flag Commission moves one step closer to selecting a new design for the November vote. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. 
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Only five flags remain in the running to become Mississippi's new state flag. The nine-member flag commission met yesterday to discuss submissions, make minor adjustments to designs, and rank their top five out of eight flag options. Commission Chairman Reuben Anderson opened the meeting by recognizing Choctaw Tribal Leader Chief Cyrus Ben. I just want to reach out and thank Chief Ben for taking the time to be a part of this commission. Chief, you have uh, shared with us uh, a lot about the culture and history of your people, the Choctaw, and I've enjoyed every bit of it. And thank you and thank the governor for making you a part of this commission. No, I'd like to thank you. I thank you for your receptiveness. I thank, I thank all the commission. Uh, I think that the uh, governor, lieutenant governor, and speaker done a great job of speaking, uh, picking some individuals that work very well together. All five submissions selected for the final round feature a design element called the Choctaw Star, a move ensuring the state's tribal heritage will be included on the flag presented to voters in November. Chairman Anderson was also called upon to break a vote over the fifth and final design selection. We've come to the point where we have a tie, and as chair, I'm going to break the tie. And uh, let me kind of tell you why. When the flag came down, it was one of the great days of my life. So what came up made little or no difference to me, and I didn't vote. But we're at the point now where a decision needs to be made, and uh, I'm going to vote to break the tie. The final five designs will be uploaded to the Internet for the public to view and leave comments about the choices, says Katie Blunt, executive director of the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. She says the flags will be manufactured this week for presentation in front of the old Capitol building next Tuesday. As soon as we um, ensure that we have the correct details on each design, which they're working on right now, uh, we will send those to the flag company that will manufacture flags. Those flags will fly, will fly one after another for a minute or two in front of the old Capitol a week from today at 1030. Uh, also, while that's happening, we'll be clearing the rights with the, the people who designed the, the flags. So next Tuesday, they'll see the flags fly. They'll come back in here and discuss the five. And then the, at the final meeting, September 2nd, that's when they will vote on the the one flag that will go on the ballot in November. The five remaining flags include three with a magnolia blossom, one with a magnolia tree, and one with an escutcheon inspired by the 1798 territorial seal. Jackson State student Shakira Luckett is excited about the prospect of voting on a new state flag. She tells MPB's Ashley Norwood she's looking for a design that represents equality. Um, aesthetic. I'm glad to see it be changed because, I mean, change will always come and everything takes time. So I'm just glad to be a part of it, really see, especially during this time. So now I can tell my kids I lived through a pandemic. I was alive when the state flag was changed. What do you think needs to be in design? What are you looking for in the design? I'm just looking for equality. I mean, I feel like the Confederate flag should not be on there at all. It doesn't represent equality at all. So if you say you're standing for all, 
why not make it equal for all? I mean, not everyone lives here. I mean, Mississippi, it's a different, it's a lot of different places here, different, a lot of cultures, like everything. You got the 62 from the 601 to 228. Why not make it equal for all, not just one? Jakira Luckett is a Jackson State sophomore from Ridgeland. In late June, Mississippi legislators retired the last state flag to feature the Confederate battle emblem, an image condemned as racist. But some residents say their voice was taken from them. Coming up after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, a Mississippi lawmaker supports a citizen group's effort to bring the 1894 flag to the ballot. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of pediatrics and internal medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. Since they've made the mandatory mask orders, a lot of people are wearing their masks just over their mouth and not over their nose. And I was wondering if you could address that. A mask only works if you wear it correctly. Everybody who's wearing a mask just over their mouth, guess what? You breathe through your nose uh, in and out. So it's, it's not really protecting you uh, from spreading that virus uh, or anything else if you just have it over your mouth. Loosely fitted masks, not much help either. It needs to be fitted firmly around the face. I wear one uh, sometimes eight hours a day with uh, you know a break in between lunch. I guarantee you, you are not going to pass out with that. It's not going to impede your oxygen delivery or anything like that. A small change in a loss of freedom will gain us big freedoms down the road if we all do this together. This is a chance that I think as Mississippians, as Americans, we can come together and do this. Can you think of anything else that would be simpler to do than put on a mask to protect somebody else? And the data is very clear on that with cutting down transmission rates of this virus. For more health tips and medical information, listen to Southern Remedy each weekday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. The first question that we get when someone comes in is, how is the Ulysses S. Grant Presidential Library in Mississippi? Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We have every letter Grant ever wrote and every letter ever written to him. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Some Mississippians are upset over the process of changing the state flag. The group Let Mississippi Vote has created a ballot initiative that puts the retired flag and three other flag designs on the statewide ballot. The group rallied in the capital city last weekend. State Senator Joey Fillingane of Sumrall voted against changing the flag and supports the initiative. He says when the public was allowed to vote on the flag in 2001, it set a precedent for public input the state legislature did not honor. This uh, Let Mississippi Vote rally was organized, I guess, by some of the organizers of the initiative and referendum drive um, that seeks to place the issue of 
this type of state flag that people want to choose directly onto the ballot for all Mississippians. Um, and that is really was the kickoff, I guess you would call it, to the filing of the language with the Secretary of State's office, which I understand happened yesterday. And then once that process happens, which could take you know a couple of weeks to a month or so, then the language would be approved to go onto the petitions, and then they will begin circulating across the state of Mississippi for anyone who wishes to participate and sign onto the petition. And can you tell me why this is important? Like, what what do y'all uh, what do y'all want uh, as far as uh, policy change goes when it comes to the flag? Sure. I can only speak for myself, but I'll be happy to do that. Um, I've been in the legislature for 21 years now, uh, both in the state house of representatives and then also in the state senate. Um, and the last couple of election cycles, um, when I was out in my district campaigning across um, you know the five counties that I represent. One of the most frequently asked questions I got as I was going door-to-door into different events was about our state flag. And, of course, back in 2001, the legislature had um, authorized an election for the state of Mississippi to vote on that issue. And, of course, that was 19 years ago, Um, so it was shortly after I arrived um, in the legislature. But at that time, people cast their vote, and by a fairly large margin, the, the electorate in the state of Mississippi voted to continue having the 1894 flag. And now, of course, a lot of people have said that um, opinions have shifted and changed, and there was a desire on on the part of a good many people to revisit that issue, which I have no problem with, and I've told my district that um, the last couple of election cycles when I've been campaigning. But the one thing I did commit to them as I was going around my district was that I would not vote to change it for them in the legislature, that I would vote to authorize another election, another referendum, um, if they wanted to do that, and then the people could vote once again, and if the majority wanted to change the flag to something different, then that would be fine. But I didn't think that we should have voted in the legislature once we'd already given the people back in 2001 the right to directly vote on it. I thought we set a precedent that we should have followed and allowed the people to vote once again before we changed it. And that is what I disagree with in the legislative process that happened earlier this session. And that is why I'm in favor of this initiative drive, because I just want to keep my word and my commitment to the folks who I represent in District 41, that I wanted them to have a direct say in that issue. And again, if they want to change it by majority vote, I'm perfectly fine with that. I just didn't think we should do it for them without their direct involvement. And so as far as the ballot initiative goes, um, what, what would actually be on it? Would it call for just repealing of the flag commission entirely and then um, setting up a whole new process of electing a new flag? Or would it just re- go back, revert back to the original like state flag and then well, actually, just try to go from there? Good question. My understanding, and I was not uh, one who participated in the drafting of this initiative language, but those who have um, have shared with me that there will actually be a choice. There will be four different options, which would include one of the four options would be the 1894 flag which, or the one that was just retired. I think with the uh, revision that it would include, I think the words in God we trust perhaps somewhere on that flag. But then I think the Stennis flag was also one of the options. The um, I think the bicentennial flag of the state of Mississippi maybe um, is one of the options. And then whatever the current flag commission 
whatever design they come up with will be the fourth option. So you'll actually have like multiple choice. You can choose one of the four options um, that would include the most recently retired flag, but it would also include several other options, including the one that the current flag commission is set to reveal here in the next little bit. Looking at what we have now, where the flag commission will choose one flag and that will go on the ballot for Mississippians to vote on, do you think that just one option is a good enough op- uh, Do you think like, – obviously, you're pushing to have more options on the on the ballot, um, right. but do you have an issue with just having one flag on the ballot right now? I do. I, I do. Only because um, it's sort of – it's not really a choice. And that really rubs people, in my district at least, the, the wrong way. People are incensed that a short – time ago, only less than 20 years ago, the state, by a very wide margin, nearly 70 to 30, maybe not quite that big, but it was in the 60s, um, which is a, a really large margin anytime you're dealing with you know, politics, chose to have the 1894 flag, and now this legislature is saying, you can have any flag you want to design and you can get adopted except for that one. I think it really is um, not a, a full choice. Okay, well, Senator Joey Fillingain, thank you so much for your time. Anytime. Thank you for having me. The ballot initiative must receive more than 100,000 signatures across the state to be eligible for certification by the Secretary of State's office. Due to the certification calendar, it will not appear on this November's ballot. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.